Y'all, why? Why? What? No. Why? Science has gone too far. We were so focused on if we could do it, we didn't ask ourselves, should we? Also, no Arby's, I'm not gonna DM you. Unless this video gets 80,000 likes, in which case, yes, I'll DM you and I'll drink your fry vodka. Ah, hit him with the monkey. This is a new show. Anyway, uh, welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show, and you know what, let's just jump into it. Y'all, first up, today we should definitely talk about the updates with the Travis Scott Astroworld tragedy. We talked about it and broke down the timeline yesterday. Eight people died, 300 injured in a crowd surge while Travis Scott was performing during his festival. We talked about a few lawsuits, but the number of lawsuits is now skyrocketed. In fact, according to the Houston Chronicle, at least 36 lawsuits are set to be filed, and there are likely more to come. One of those lawsuits will come from the family of Axel Acosta, a 21-year-old who died during the concert, with attorney Tony Busby telling reporters on Monday that Axel was trampled and left on the ground, quote, like a piece of trash with him. Also adding, Axel loved rap music and loved the lineup that was going to be playing at Astroworld, but that love and that feeling was not mutual. Certainly neither Travis Scott nor his handlers, entourage, managers, agents, hangers-on, promoters, organizers, or sponsored cared enough about Axel to make even a minimal effort to keep him and the others at the concert safe. We also saw attorney Ben Crump filing a lawsuit on behalf of a nine-year-old Astroworld victim. That nine-year-old Ezra is alive, but was injured. According to the suit and reporting, Ezra remains in a medically induced coma and is on life support after suffering severe damage to his liver, kidney, and brain, with injuries that will impair his quality of life and ability to grow and thrive. With the lawsuit placing blame on and going after Travis, Live Nation, and several other entities, saying they, quote, egregiously failed in their duty to protect the health, safety, and lives of all the concert goers. And so obviously it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens with all these lawsuits. Also, if you look to the news today, a lot of coverage is about like Kim Kardashian, Drake, they put out responses. I kinda don't care, but here they are. I'll also add, because a number of you have hit me up about this, uh, BetterHelp is somehow in this story. With outlets reporting that Travis Scott has now teamed up with BetterHelp to offer free therapy to concert goers. And there's part of me that, you know, whatever your opinion of BetterHelp, like I've said, I, I will not work with them again in the future. There's part of me that goes like, okay, that makes sense. But also, there is something about that that just feels scummy. Like, I get why Travis Scott would do it. I imagine he's not getting paid for this. It's probably more of just like using this as a, a way to try and seem like the good guy. But for BetterHelp, while they are providing a service, it feels a little bit like they're chasing ambulances. I don't know, maybe I'm just being like weird and sensitive about it. Like once again, I get that it's like, it's a service that people would need, especially after a traumatic event, but also how, why are you making it about you? I don't know, let me know, what do you think about that? Whether it be that last part or uh, just any of the updates in the story in general. And then, I mean, a lot of y'all requested it. Let's talk about this Aaron Rodgers situation. If you're unfamiliar, he's the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. He recently tested positive for COVID-19, which on its own, not a big deal. There are a number of staff and players who've tested positive this season, it, it happens. But one of the reasons this is absolutely blown up is because people are accusing Rodgers of lying. With people pointing back to August where Rodgers was asked if he was vaccinated and he responded in a very specific way. Yeah, I've been immunized. You know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. I see people saying, yeah, maybe he was trying to be cute with the language of immunized, and we'll, we'll touch on that later. But when he was specifically talking about unvaccinated players, he was like, I'm not going to judge those guys. Right? Language that proposes a separation between groups. Right? So even though the NFL has reportedly known about his unvaxxed status all season, that paints a very different picture to the general public. You know, there's this whole other aspect of the story about Rodgers potentially getting hit with fines because of a review that centered around what COVID protocols he was actually following or ignoring, when and where. But also in addition to that, one of the reasons Rodgers was getting heat was because of an interview he did after the news broke. First of all, I didn't lie in the initial press conference. Uh, during that time, 
it was a very uh, you know witch hunt uh, that was going on across the league where everybody in the media was so concerned about who was vaccinated and who wasn't. He also claimed that he was allergic to an ingredient in the mRNA vaccines, but he didn't say what he was allergic to or elaborate on that allergy. Additionally, calling himself a free thinker, saying he consulted his own doctors as well as Joe Rogan. Also, at one point, he invokes a Martin Luther King quote, which is just fantastic. Which, I mean, if I can throw in my opinion here, all I think Rogers did was make Kyrie Irving look better. At least Kyrie, who I disagree with immensely, he wasn't a lying coward. You knew what you were doing. I mean, it's part of the reason why so many of your peers have been calling you out. Both in his same sport, as well as retired from other sports like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Going after Rogers, saying he went maskless during in-person press conferences, which not only violated NFL rules, but put everyone else's health at risk. Also noting that Rogers claimed that a league doctor told him it would be impossible for a vaccinated person to catch or spread COVID. But noting the NFL responded by saying that no doctor from the league or consultants from the NFL, NFLPA communicated with the players. Also going after some of the excuses that Rogers used, saying, statistically only 21 out of 2 million vaccinated people had severe allergic reactions. Also noting that Rogers expressed concern over fertility issues, even though there is a greater risk of infertility from COVID-19, which he has. But also in addition to getting called out, there has been some fallout, while some sponsors like State Farm are sticking with Aaron. You also have companies like Previa Health saying that they and Aaron have mutually decided to end their partnership, saying they remain deeply committed to protecting their patients, staff, providers, and communities amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. Also following the fallout and the backlash, we saw Aaron Rodgers today kind of, sort of, almost issuing an apology. So I just wanted to start off the show by acknowledging that, you know, I made some comments that, that people might have uh, felt were misleading. And, uh, you know, to anybody who felt misled by those comments, I take full responsibility for those comments. So take that as you will, but I, I will pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts regarding the Aaron Rodgers situation? Then, because I'm trying to at least put one positive news story in each show, we should talk about Mr. Beast. Yes, he is the biggest and most successful YouTuber in the world, but also he's a massive philanthropist. And for a number of reasons, if you're unaware, he has a charity organization called Beast Philanthropy. It even has its own YouTube channel where 100% of its ad revenue, brand deals, and merch sales fund, a food pantry that he opened back in 2020. And with that, we've learned to date, Beast Philanthropy has given away over 1 million meals to people in need, which is absolutely amazing, just having a direct impact on so many people, so many families. And at the same time, I don't know if you've seen in recent weeks, he also teamed up with Mark Rovers to launch Team Seas. It's this massive initiative to try to get trash out of the ocean, and right now, as of recording, they've raised over $13.8 million. Their ultimate goal is $30 million, so of course, there's still a mountain to climb. If you want to help, I'll link down below. And so yeah, uh, thank you to Jimmy for giving me some positive news to cover. But from that, I want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's show, Roman. Roman is a digital health platform for men that makes high quality care accessible and convenient by connecting you with a US licensed physician, delivering treatments from their pharmacies, all from the comfort of your home. And if you're dealing with sensitive topics like ED, you're gonna wanna get treatment ASAP. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. No need for the awkward doctor's office visit and trip to the pharmacy. A US licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you for free with two day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. And getting started is as easy as going to getroman.com slash fill. And if you're prescribed, you'll get $15 off your first ED treatment plus free two day shipping. So make sure you click that link in the description to get your $15 off your first ED treatment. And then let's talk about why maybe over the last 12 hours you've seen a headline like Representative Paul Gosar posts anime video showing him killing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Right, so what happened is that Paul, best known for things like pushing far right conspiracy theories or having ties to white nationalist and anti-government groups, he posted a video that was a parody of the first opening to Attack on Titan. And right, it's this mixing of anime shots as well as live action, including shots of what appear to be migrant characters as well as animated blood splattered over the lens. But easily the clip 
clips that have garnered the most attention is where you see Gozar, as well as representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, fighting and killing a Titan version of AOC. As well as near the end, Paul launches himself at the colossal Joe Biden. Right? So because of those last parts, specifically we saw Twitter slapping a warning label over the post saying that it violates the platform's rules concerning hateful content, though also adding that it is keeping the tweet up because it might be in the public's interest for it to remain accessible. Meanwhile, unsurprisingly, AOC not that thrilled about this video, writing in a thread. So while I was en route to Glasgow, a creepy member I work with who fundraises for neo-Nazi groups shared a fantasy video of him killing me. And he'll face no consequences because GOP leader Kevin McCarthy cheers him on with excuses. Fun Monday, well back to work because institutions don't protect women of color. But then continuing, remember when Yoho accosted me on the Capitol and called me a fucking bitch? Remember when Green ran after me a few months ago screaming and reaching? Remember when she stalked my office the first time with insurrectionists and people locked inside? All at my job and nothing ever happens. And finally going back to Paul saying, this dude is just a collection of wet toothpicks anyway. White supremacy is for extremely fragile people and sad men like him whose self-concept relies on the myth that he was born superior because deep down he knows he couldn't open a pickle jar or read a whole book by himself. And while we've also seen Democrats being very vocal about this video, in general Republicans have been largely silent, though not completely, with Gosar's digital director speaking out saying, we made an anime video. Everyone needs to relax. The left doesn't get meme culture. They have no joy. They are not the future. It's a cartoon. Gosar can't fly and he does not own any lightsabers. Nor was violence glorified. This is about fighting for truth. And so with all of that, I do want to pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts here? And then the final thing we should talk about today is the ongoing trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Right, he's the now 18-year-old who killed two people and wounded a third by shooting them with an AR-15 style rifle after traveling to Kenosha, Wisconsin to patrol the streets during unrest following the shooting of Jacob Blake. He was hit with six charges, including first-degree homicides, pleading not guilty. His attorney is arguing that he acted in self-defense, while prosecutors have sought to depict him as an aggressive vigilante who traveled across state lines to a town that he was not from and escalated an already tense situation. So far, a lot has happened and we can't cover everything that's gone down, but I want to focus on a major testimony that we saw yesterday. And that is a testimony from Gage Grosscrates, the only person who survived being shot by Rittenhouse. And you have Grosscrates who says that he's a paramedic from Milwaukee who attended dozens of protests last summer to act as a medic and a legal observer carrying medical supplies and live streaming the demonstrations. And yesterday he was first questioned by the prosecutor with his testimony being supplemented with videos including the live stream that he took, saying that in addition to having a medical kit on him, he also had a gun. The Grosscrates also admitting that his concealed carry permit had expired, though saying he didn't know that at the time. So he was about a block away from Rittenhouse when he heard the gunshots from the teen firing the first fatal shots, saying he then ran for the scene where he heard people calling for a medic and yelling that someone had been shot, which we see in the video footage. Also in that footage shortly after that, we see him encountering Rittenhouse running away from the scene, holding his rifle, asking him if he had shot someone. Grosscrates then saying he saw a number of people running after Rittenhouse, yelling that he had just shot someone, so he decided to run in the same direction, telling the court that he did so because he was concerned that someone else might get injured or killed, saying that at the time he thought that Rittenhouse was an active shooter. And as he approached, the video showed Rittenhouse from the ground shooting and missing a man who kicked him before shooting and killing a second man who had hit him with a skateboard. Grosscrates also confirming that he was holding the pistol when he came up upon Rittenhouse, saying the teen then pointed his rifle at him, so he stopped and raised his hands with the pistol pointed in the air. So the defendant had pointed his weapon at me and I had put my hands in the air. Re-racking the weapon in my mind meant that the defendant pulled the trigger while my hands were in the air, but the gun didn't fire. So then by re-racking the weapon, I inferred that the defendant wasn't accepting my surrender. In that moment, I felt that I, I had to do something to try and prevent myself from being, being killed or being shot or killed. Um, and so I decided that the best course of action would be to close the distance between the defendant and I. Um, I do know though, 
I was never trying to kill the defendant. That was never, never something that I was trying to do. In that moment, I was trying to preserve my own life. But then when Gross Crates was being questioned by the defense, we saw this interaction. When you were standing three to five feet from him with your arms up in the air, he never fired, right? Correct. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him with your gun, now your hands down pointed at him, that he fired, right? Correct. And that clip absolutely blew up, going viral with many experts saying that this is basically gross crates giving the defense everything they want, including the likes of Emily D. Baker, who tweeted, the moment from the prosecutor's key witness solidifies the self-defense argument. You can see the lawyer's reaction to this witness saying he wasn't shot until he leveled his gun at Rittenhouse, which is self-defense. With her also sharing a clip of other lawyers reacting to the video. Oh, that's it! That's, that's it! it. Directed verdict. It. Directed verdict on all the murder charges. How do you not acquit after that? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. I think that shows exactly how the prosecution felt. Very damning for their case. But also, as a number of people pointed out, we don't know how the rest of the trial will go. There's also the possibility that if Rittenhouse is acquitted of the homicide charges, he could still be brought up on reckless endangerment as well as other charges related to his possession of the AR-style rifle. But also, that was a whole other aspect of this story, and this is kind of the core. And as far as that core, Grosscrates, who is arguably the most important witness for the prosecution, horrible. He's got very little to no credibility in addition to the defense, basically getting him to admit that he raised his gun first. They also pointed out inconsistencies in his story. Like the fact that he didn't tell police that he pointed a gun at Rittenhouse or was holding the gun when he was shot and that he also falsely told detectives his pistol had fallen out of his holster that night. But yeah, like I said, the defense got a lot of good testimony that the two men Rittenhouse killed possibly acted in ways that put his life in danger and also got Gage to admit that he wasn't shot until he pointed his gun at Rittenhouse. All that big and key moments in this whole trial, but now we're gonna have to wait to see what happens. But ultimately that is where this story and today's show ends. Of course, with that, whether it be this last story, the first one, anything in between, I'd love to know your thoughts in those comments down below. But of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.